Hey everyone, Matt Lowe here. Welcome to the 61st episode of Bouncing Back, a video series meant to give people who have been laid off to COVID-19 an opportunity to sell themselves to new employers in the ad industry. For this episode, we have Brian Flynn, who's most recently a freelance creative director slash writer at Whale Cornell Hospital. Now, Brian, really happy to have you here. Yes, Matthew, thank you so much for doing this. You're doing the Lord's work. Uh, then again, I haven't been to church since the Reagan administration, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Happy, happy to help. Maybe start off by telling everyone you know, how you're dealing with the pandemic, where you've been kind of quarantining and how you're keeping busy. Yeah, um, I live on, I live right in Midtown. So I live four blocks from BBDO on 56 and 6. So when this town emptied out, we were the emptiest of the emptiest. So it was really a little scary. Uh, and so I, but I, my sketch, my, my routine didn't really change that much. I, I basically walked the dog, you know, did, did everything I had to do socially distance at night and uh, we're dealing fine. You know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been rough, but now the area is really coming back to life. So it's, it's been pretty okay now. Yeah, that, that's great. I've, I've ventured to Midtown a little bit the past few weeks and slowly getting better. Yeah. How have you been, you know, keeping busy? Have you gotten to flex any creative muscles the last few months? Well, so I was freelancing at Havas in January and then the shit hit the fan and then nothing, like nothing. I So, so I started doing some freelance work for uh, this place called the uh, uh, pro bono work for this place called the Art of Good which was helping minority uh, run businesses with free advertising, but that was short lived. So then I tried to like break my, the vibe, like shake things up. So this is weird. I took a job working for the census. And the reason I did that was back in the early nineties, I was laid off and I, and this agency was going out of business very slowly. And so I was collecting unemployment and unemployment was pretty good paying back then. It was almost more than I was making working. And then it ran out and I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? So I took a job working for Cirque du Soleil, setting up the tent. So I was there maybe two hours and then they, either I was really bad at setting up the tent or I just didn't look like the other people that set up the tent who looked like they were kicked out of Hell's Angels for being too violent. So they promoted me to truck driver. So I would like drive like a contortionist to New Jersey to pick up a new leotard and stuff like that. And I, I think I did that for like two days and I got a call from Gray Advertising and they're like, we need a freelancer ASAP. And I ended up being there for five years. So I did the census and I did it for like three weeks. And then within 24 hours, I got three freelance jobs at once. So while Cornell, a couple other places, short, short term. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah, that's great. Glad you were able to at least pick up some freelance gigs just to keep the yeah. brain going, even if, you know, right, they weren't long-term or not ideal. Right. It's something to, to pass the time. And I got to count people, so. That's always fun, right? Yeah, yeah it was fun. Can <laughs> you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, how you kind of broke into the industry, what clients you've worked on, and where you've worked? Sure, I was at, well, let's start with Gray. I was at Gray for five years, and Gray at the time was great people, but it wasn't the best creatively. And I was working on like girls toys, like writing jingles for Juice and Cookies, Baby Alive and My Magic Genies. And I was, I was freaking out, I was so frustrated. So I started doing stand-up comedy and I would perform down in the village uh, with Jim Gaffigan when he first started out, Zach Galifianakis when he first started out. So anyway, I did that and then I won the funniest person in advertising contest. And then it got in the trades and Gray was like, hey, we didn't know you were funny. I was like, well, you never asked. So they put me on Starburst. So I wrote a campaign for Starburst 
and we shot it and then we, we shot a second round and we were editing at Crew Cuts and unbeknownst to us, Crew Cuts was primarily where BBDO edited. So while we were editing, the, the um, computer crashed. So the editor was like, listen guys, come back in like three or four hours. So everyone left. I said, screw that. I'm gonna take a nice nap on this couch in the editing suite here. So I crashed on the couch. So this, all of a sudden this guy comes in and he's rattling a chair and he wakes me up and he says, hey, you'll do these commercials for Starburst? I said, yeah. He goes, what did you do? I said, I wrote them. He goes, you wrote these commercials? You want a job? I'll get you a job at BBDO. You give me a call, I'll get you a job at BBDO. So it was this guy, Charlie Miesmer, who was like a big ECD at BBDO. We sent him a letter or email saying, you know, dear Charlie had a dream that someone from BBDO liked our commercials. If, if, if it wasn't a dream, don't wake us. If it was a dream, don't wake us up. And four days later, I was at BBDO where I spent the next 14 years. And at BBDO, I worked on, it was funny because at Gray, we had to like beg directors to work with us. And at BBDO was like, oh, you're working with Spike Lee now on the Navy. And that was a great shoot. And I worked on, I worked on Pizza Hut a lot, Snickers, Singular, which, which became AT&T, uh, Lowe's Home Improvement, AIG, Arby's, um, and tons of other, Campbell's, tons of other stuff. So then BBDO ended after 14 years, and I was at Shiat Day for TBW. That's why I didn't love working there, because you had to say TBWA Shiat Day, New York. And so, as opposed to BBDO, which was really nice. And uh, so I worked at Shiat for about almost two years on the BNY Mellon account, helped them win four pieces of new business. And then that, that ended, and now I've been um, freelancing. I was at Havas last year working on Keurig and Green Mountain Coffee. Uh, they brought me in to uh, work on a, a bunch of stuff, but the first thing they needed was a manifesto for Keurig. So I don't know, have you ever written a manifesto? Yes. Oh, they're the worst. And so I go to the meeting and this other guy comes in and he says, who are you? I said, I'm a freelance writer. He goes, I'm getting out of here. I said, why? He goes, I've been trying to write this damn thing for six months and never buying anything. So he ran out of there because he figured I would take it. And then they, I told my boss, I snitched on him and then my boss ran down the hall and grabbed him. But anyway, I solved the manifesto. So I wrote the manifesto for them. And I wrote some banner ads and social media posts. It, it's a Keurig campaign with James Corden. And then they, brought me back this year. And then, um, and then since then, I've just been doing other freelance stuff. I work for this company out in Boulder, really cool company uh, called Night Eyes. And uh, they make outdoor gadgets and gear. And I created a web video campaign for them, which I co-directed some of the spots since they had already chosen a director before, before they got them, uh, before they even knew what the idea was. So I had to kind of run it myself. So yeah, that's about it. Super cool. I mean, love yeah. the agency experience, the client experience, clearly, you know, being yeah. at Gray, BBDO, TBWH, I had David Tongue Blister there. You've got, you know, you have all the experience of kind of being able to jump in to whatever agency and hit the ground running, whether that's, like you said, you know, some of the smaller projects or even the bigger manifestos, comedy writing, producing, you know, co-directing possibly, you know. Yeah. Being able to oh, and I just that. got asked to write a movie by this pretty famous actor. He's on the blacklist. Uh, Harry Lennox, yeah. and uh, I, anyway, Matt, if you know how to write a movie, that would be great. Because uh, I don't know, I'm working with, I'm working with exactly I'm that. working with a comedian friend of mine, and the, and then Harry was like, "Have you ever written a movie before?" I said, "Well, 
I used to talk to students, they bring them into BBDO and other agencies and they'd say, why'd you get in advertising? I say, because I have a good sense of humor and a short attention span. And then Harry's like, you're not instilling much confidence in me. I said, well, I'll just take it 30 seconds at a time. You know? Yeah, exactly. Slowly we'll start patching them yeah. together. Yeah. What would you say you're looking for in your next role? Um, I, I just want to work someplace where I can have fun and, and kind of be creative. You know, some jobs you do just for the money, but I want to enjoy it. I really had a good time working on Keurig and Green Mountain Coffee at Havas and, and BNY Mellon at, at Shiat Day. And I just want to be on a fun account, on, on something that's fun, that's something you want to work on. This company, Night Eyes, they're like, do good stuff, you know? And it's great to write for stuff that's good for people, you know? As opposed to, you know, when I was on AIG, you know, insurance is fun to advertise, but they're kind of like Las Vegas, you know? They they know the odds, what the odds are. And if, and if you win, if you start winning, they close down the table. So, uh, you know. Tell me, are you looking for, for freelance or full-time or no real preference? Uh, you know, freelance is great. When it's great, there's nothing better than freelance. But when it's not great, there's nothing worse than freelance because I, I like stability. You know, I was at BBDO for 14 years. So I, I like, I would like something full-time, but but I would also wouldn't mind getting something freelance that's continual. Like they say, we need just going to keep going on. So, but I think I would prefer full time. Totally. Uh, yeah. What would you say are some of your better qualities, you know, work wise? Um, I think I'm a great presenter. You know, uh, I used to get nervous talking to my supervisor, like my hands would shake. So then I started doing stand up comedy and I was like, oh, this is easy talking to one person as opposed to 200 strangers who are drunk and want to throw things at you if you say something stupid so uh anyway i think presenting also with clients i am fairly i guess fearless i used to be nervous talking to clients and now you understand that they're looking at you as kind of the expert so uh i think that's a strength also experience you know some people they like hiring these young kids and the young kids will come in and show 30 ideas and 28 of them will be not good and two will be okay. And as opposed to someone with experience who will come in with five or six ideas and all of them will be good, you know? So I think that's, um, like I said, I solved the manifesto, you know, in, in one try. And so I feel like, like, I don't want to say the fixer or the cooler or whatever, no, more the, the fixer as opposed to the cooler. So uh, I could come in and get it done right away. Great. Definitely yep. an important, important quality, yes. especially now. Especially yeah. if you are freelance, they don't want to bring you in and you know, have a few strikeouts. They want you to totally right away. Do you have a favorite project that you've worked on? It's funny. Like the Navy with Spike Lee was a three month job. That was, we went to Hawaii. We went to uh, um, San Diego. We shot with the Navy SEALs. Uh, that was intense. Uh, you know, Alex Trebek just died and I shot a spot with Ken Jennings, the guy who won. It was a spot about, um, he, ever since I won all this money on Jeopardy, he's had a lot of relatives coming out of the woodwork. So it was for singular and he needed a better family talk plan. Uh, I think the Night Eye stuff was so, it was funny because it was low budget. Like they, the client would say, oh, I guess this isn't, this isn't like working at BBDO. I said, right now at, at, after a shoot at BBDO, I'd walk, go back to the Four Seasons in LA, have a martini and then go out for a nice steak dinner. On this shoot, 
I'm literally sleeping at the place we're shooting. And at night I have to feed the cat, which was true. I had to feed the cat. So um, that Night Eyes was fun because first of all, it was in Colorado where by law you need, you have to smoke pot out there. So the guy who got me the job, he was stoned 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I said, it was a big project. And I said, you have a strategy. He kind of didn't know what a strategy was. So he sends me this research document and he says, I want you to talk to the director. I go, the director of what? He goes, the director of the commercials. I said, you don't even know what the commercials are. How did you hire a director already? He goes, oh, we're not supposed to do that. I said, no, not really. So I literally had to take everything by the reins. So there was no strategy. So I wrote a strategy. And then I wrote the, uh, all the scripts and I did different directions and I presented to the client. They loved it so much. They changed the company tagline to help uh, boost the campaign. And when you're on a shoot, you know, listen, I was on million dollar shoots with BBDO and Shia Day. We did a Rhea Perlman spot was like 1.4 million. You're part of a team, you know, but with this, I don't even know how, they wouldn't tell me how much money it cost. Everyone was there because of me. Every single person was there because of the work I had done as opposed to 30 people at BBDO, you know, you know what I mean? So I really was proud of that. I really liked working on that. The one thing I didn't like was I did not have editorial control. So some of them didn't come out as great as I had hoped, but, but low budget, you know, weed was trouble. So, but it, but it came out good for what they were. Yeah. I think, you know, everyone is always so you know enamored by the oh, million dollar budgets and, and all yeah. those, but the, the scrappy projects where you get to be hands-on, you know, are some of the more rewarding ones. Exactly. Yes, totally. What would agencies be getting if they did reach out and hire you? Well, I feel like this is a part where I should say, you know, Matt, I really love an agency. I love the work that this brand and our agency is doing. And their name is, and then I would leave it blank and then record like 20 different names with you <laughs> later on. And then I would just customize it and send it to all of them. But you said you worked on Dunkin'. I freaking love Dunkin' Donuts. So I would love to, and I love BBDO. I love David Lubars and, and I love, I, I think, you see other agencies and you're like, oh, they got one good account and this place has one good account. BBDO's got like so many good accounts and they're doing consistently good work everywhere. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, BBDO's great. Yeah, you're very, my, you're very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, my, my dream job, you know, David Lubar's clearly is great and, and yeah, so many others. So yeah, definitely proud yeah. to be there. Maybe someone's listening. To sure, that, you know, let's see. As well, but yeah, I, I love it. And, you know, yeah, a lot of the work coming out there is great. And a lot of the work coming out from a bunch of other shops, you know, this time is great too. I think this is a kind of the golden time for some of these agencies coming out of, of COVID. I think yes. there's going to be a lot of smaller shops popping up and and doing you know work for bigger clients. Yeah, and also you can you can work. With, what's amazing is like you're now looking at jobs anywhere in the country or the world because everyone's working remotely. So, you know, yeah, I've seen a lot of that, which is great. Of you know, you staying in New York, but now you know because it is all remote, you can kind of work anywhere, which opens up the playing field, you know, a lot, which is great. Yes, definitely. What does being the funniest person in advertising actually mean? And you weren't just once, you were twice. I did it twice. That's right. I came out of retirement about five years ago because again, I just tried to shake stuff up. So I did like an open mic, which don't ever do an op open mics are the worst, the worst. And all the other contestants had been doing stand up for like two or three years. So I thought I tanked it, but actually I did really well. So I won it again. Um, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's like a, 
just a scam to get more people on the club on a Monday night, to be honest with you. But but it was nice to win the first the first round. The first time I did it, which is was in the 90s, uh, there was really hard. There was four rounds and it was very competitive and and it was great. And I think I I think I still have the gift that I never used, which was like bringing get 10 free people to come to stand up New York, which, again, is like, you know, only valid Monday through Wednesday before 8 p.m. You know. do outside of work other than comedy? Uh, I walk my dog. Um, I, I have to go go back to the gym because I'm not kidding you. Yesterday, I unmuted my television with my stomach. Uh, I, I, the sound went on, and I realized the remote was on my lap, and I, I literally did that. So I do a lot with my dog, and uh, I like to travel. You know, I'm a big baseball fan. I went last year to London to see the Yankees play, and I like to do stuff like that. So. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, that's great. What kind of dog do you have? Uh, I have a 15-year-old mutt. She's been featured. You ever hear of the, the, the guy on Instagram, the doggist? Yeah. Yeah, he, he took her picture twice, so she's a real diva. She got like 150,000 likes on that, and she was actually on CBS News once, and then she was on dog spotting on Facebook. She got like 10,000 likes for that. So You got a celebrity she's on a your hands. Donna a-hole. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> We're totally sick of each other. We're just staring at each other all day. <laughs> I'm sure. The dog is like, help him get a job. Please get him out of the house. Yeah. That's that's really it for me, unless there's you know something else I, I didn't touch on. Otherwise, no, I think that's for... it. No, it was thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for putting yourself out there and doing something like this. I'm at brianflynn.net. You can see my work there. So uh, and I'm available. So that's Great. It. Yeah. When I post this, I'll, I'll put all that information, but you know, good luck okay. and, and really appreciate it. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. And that's a wrap for the 61st episode of Bouncing Back. If you know anyone who wants to sell themselves to recruiters looking for talent in the ad industry, have them shoot me an email at M-A-L-O-W 930 at gmail.com. And now you can check out all these episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under Bouncing Back and Advertising. Thanks a lot, Brian. Okay. Thank you very much, Matt.